0: Welcome to the King's Chapel Alaska podcast. From wherever you are listening, we are so excited that you tuned in today. Let's prepare our hearts to hear from God's word. Let me read to you. Uh, Turn to Luke. I'm, I'm gonna read. This is a very modern version of 1 Corinthians 13. And uh, what's the name of this generation? I drew a blank. Generation Z. Any Generation Zers? Watch this. You're going to love this right here. <laughs> this is good. 1 Corinthians 13. Are you ready? Now, for those of you that are not a part of Generation Z, this might be a little strange. 1 Corinthians 13. Love is chill. Love is dank. Love does not thirst. It does not flex. It is not extra. It does not cancel others. It is not sus. It's not salty. It keeps no receipts. Love does not spill tea, but rejoices in the woke. It always stands, always fam, always goat, always slays. (laughs) That was lit. Some of you guys just missed that. It was so fresh, no cap. Come on, somebody say hallelujah. (laughs) Love is always goat. Oh, my gosh. It's the greatest of all time, okay? That's what goat stands for. All right, flex. Anyway, let's move to first... uh, (laughs) first chapter of the book of Luke. Let's all stand up on our feet. That's a little bit of Generation Z for you. Thank you, sir. Luke 1 and 26. And we'll read uh, until I stop. Are you ready? Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel sent by God to the city of of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women, verse 29. But when she saw him, she was troubled at the saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found... Found what? Favor Favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son. You shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, How can this be? Since I do not know a man. That'll give you a little hint on what no means right there. In the biblical sense, you understand. Verse 35. And the angel said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, also, that the Holy One will, is to be born will be called the Son of God. Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative... Has also conceived a son in her old age, and now this is her sixth month of her who was called barren. For with God, nothing will be impossible. I want you to say that again. For with God, nothing will be impossible. And Mary said, Behold, the maid servant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Father, thank you for what you've done, Lord, all day long in the Super Sunday, what we call Super Sunday, all of our services, so many lives touched, so many people impacted across the miles, across the World Wide Web, on Ustream, on YouTube, on Facebook, on uh, every other thing that we're streaming on, which is many. Thank you. and God, I ask now that you would release your word, release your power. Through the preaching of your word, you'd hide me behind your cross once again and give me liberty and anointing to preach, to burn your word in our hearts that we would never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. If you were not here uh, this morning, uh, you want to go ahead and get the, the copy of that service. There were three distinctly different messages. Wow. Wow. I love this text of Scripture because it's, it's so profound, this with God nothing's impossible. For with God, verse 37, nothing will be impossible. And what a word to a virgin who knew no man is now going to become pregnant. How's that? With God nothing's impossible. Of course, again, that only happened once. It'll never happen Again. And the Son of God was going to come through this young, this young girl. And she was, she was blown away by the greeting and the favor. And it would cause her great difficulty. You'll see throughout Scripture the message of with God nothing's impossible. In Genesis eighteen fourteen, is anything too hard for the Lord? In Job 42, 2. I know that you can do everything and that no purpose of yours will be withheld from you. Jeremiah 32, 17, as we look at some scripture, Ah, Lord God, behold, you have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and outstretched arm. There is nothing too hard for you. Luke 18, 27, he said, The things which are impossible with men are possible with God. In Matthew 19, the 26th verse, but Jesus looked at them and said to them, with men, this is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. New Testament, Romans 4, 21. And being fully convinced that what he had promised, he was also able to perform. And therefore, it was accounted to him for righteousness, talking about Abraham. In Isaiah chapter 55 and verse 11, being fully convinced That what he had promised, he would also perform. Nothing is impossible with God. Nothing's impossible with God. I talked a little bit about, uh, in one of the services this morning, I talked a little bit about being in a steam room with uh, a very sincerely deceived individual. And, uh, you know, is there anybody else deceived at any point in their life? Uh, all right, so I'm not picking on him. For the grace of God, go I. And, and is there any deception in you now? Not that I know of, but I know if anything comes up, my wife will be sure to tell me. And uh, I know that the Lord will rebuke me. And we walk in covenant together so that we be sure to stay on the beam. You, you don't Listen, men of God, women of God are not meant to walk alone. The whole monastic movement actually was not of God, although the Lord used it to preserve God's word. You have to walk in agreement and, and covenant relationship. And you have to let somebody hold your shut-up card. You know what that means? That means that when you're steadfast and know that God's spoken to you, there's those that know you better than maybe you know yourself and are not afraid of telling you to sit down and shut up and that you're submitted enough to go, okay. And you can talk it out and make sure you don't go down to all of my staff. We walk in accountability like that. That's love. Better are wounds from a friend than kisses from an enemy. Wow. I was in this sauna and I was talking with another brother from another church and he had told me his story and how he's going through a divorce and um, he was telling me about how, you know, his wife basically thinks he's Satan. And in you know, all honesty, his perception of his wife is, is one of, you know, she's, you know, being used by the devil also. And so he asked me in the hearing of this other man, the well-meaning, the other guy, he asked me, how is it that, that one person can be serving God and think the other person's the devil, and then the other person says they're serving God and think the other person's the devil? I mean, how is that? And it, it comes from strongholds. And while I'm trying to answer the question, the New Age proponent that I was sitting next to began to tell me, that there really isn't any evil. There's nothing like that. There's just your own bad thoughts. And really, you're God, but you forgot. And if you'll just remember that you're God, then you can come in unity with the oneness of the universe and some other nonsense. My brain broke about halfway through his illogical (laughs) argument, which I lovingly, by the grace of God, felt led by the Lord to totally destroy. And uh, I did that as kindly as I could. And um, uh, afterwards... You know, after, you could feel the tension. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? It's kind of like he's smiling, but inside he wants to curse. You know what I'm saying? It's just kind of like smiling, but inside he's so mad. Shut up, you bald preacher. Ah. I mean, that was the way it was, but inside it's kind of like. Inner peace, inner peace. You know, he's just trying to make it through the STEAM session. In the end, I said something along the lines of, um, really, it comes down to who's Who's your authority? I said, because really everything you're sharing with me comes from what you made up. You made up all that hodgepodge stuff. I was much nicer than that. And it's a mixture of, of different religions. I said, no, I'm going to bet I'm gonna bet on God's word. I'm going to bet on this. And, and I, I, I shared a, a little bit about, and, and I love this, th- th- these prophetic words that come about in, in the life of uh, of Jesus being born into the earth, there's, there's over 300 scriptures that talk about Jesus coming in his first advent. 300. And the possibility of just eight, just eight of those scriptures, mathematic possibilities of just eight coming to pass over the thousands of years that they were brought, just eight coming to pass, the mathematical possibility of that, is like, well, it's, it's, it's 10 to the 17th power, which I can't even explain to you what that means. But I love the illustration. It's like 10 to the 17th power is like this. It's like taking one silver dollar, marking it, and throwing it on the state of Texas, that smaller state in the lower 48, <laughs> and then covering the entire state with two feet of silver dollars, two feet thick, the whole state, and then sending a blind man, or somebody blindfolded, let's say it that way, into the state of Texas, and on the first try, he picks up the one silver dollar that you marked. That is what that's like. And so if you were just to double that and say there's 16, there's 300. There's 300 Old Testament prophecies that are fulfilled in Jesus. So let's not just talk about the eight and Texas two feet thick and blindfolded guy finding the silver, right? Let's just call it 16. And if you were to take 16 of the prophecies coming to pass, it would be like taking, uh, it was described this way, and I might be off just a touch. It'd be like taking silver dollars and covering two feet thick all the way around the sun and having one of those... (laughs) It's, it's so ridiculously impossible. So I explained that to this guy who's looking at me like, I'm talking to the wrong guy. He's not happy about the fact that he met me in the steamer. And I said, so who's your authority? Is it you? Because man makes mistakes. Oh, no. I said, oh, no. I'm a bet on the one who split who split A D and B C. I'm I'm a bet on the one. I'm putting all my all of my heart. I'm putting all of my faith on God, the God of Scripture, Emmanuel, God with us. I'm I'm betting on Him. Plus, I have a transformed life for some 25 years. So you just yeah, we're gonna strongly disagree here. And he's like, you know, time to get out of the steam room. So. He got out. When I walked out of the locker room, he was in some meditative state trying to get his in, 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 inner peace, inner peace. And I just believe it. He's standing there. I walked out, and I, I couldn't help myself, Pastor Kirsten. And I really meant it. It was one, it was one of the great moments that I can remember recently in apologetics. I just so happened to be reading and studying all of that so it was fresh in my mind. I'm not like a big apologist. You know what apologetics is? It's the defenders of the faith. But I just so happened to have all of these fresh stats in my head available for him on that beautiful day. And as he's trying to get his inner peace, I I sincerely stopped and said, man, I really enjoyed talking to you. And I shook his hand. He's like, yeah, thanks. I was like, yeah. I said, God bless you. He's like, yeah. I'm like, all right. It's like dropping a bump. I just believe he might even be on right now. What's up? I love you. Come visit us. We'll save you a seat. Receive Jesus. Call on his name. Call on his name. He's, the one. He's God. He's the one to be worshipped. What's impossible with man is possible with, with God. Can you say amen? This text is uh, rather amazing in many ways. Uh, I believe the Lord wants to use us to demonstrate his power to the world. And he is doing that. I mean, that's why you're still here. That's why I'm still here. We're here to put God's power on display to show his love to each other and to the world. That they will know us by our love. John 17. And how do, you, how do you see God's power put on display in your life? I mean, how does that happen? Well, if you are to take the life of Mary, how can we see God, the God of the impossible, revealed? I think the first thing is you got to find favor with God. Not everybody walks in breakthrough. Not everybody walks in power. Not everybody is, carries breakthrough. Many people go to services to get breakthrough, and I'm all for that. But you have to learn to walk in breakthrough yourself. You have to learn to overcome. There is times of the midnight hour of the soul When you can't reach Pastor Vince, you can't reach somebody who's going to pray for you. You can't can't reach your life group leader. You don't know who to call. Well, you need to learn to call Jeremiah 33.3. Call upon me and I will answer you and I'll show you great and mighty things that thou knowest not. You need to learn to encourage yourself in the Lord. And encouraging yourself in the Lord, really, you'll you'll find favor if you live that way. You live in conscious awareness of God and you try to walk with him and not grieve him and, and obey his word, there will come a favor on your life. And that favor is evident. I can pick people out with favor. I see it. It's, it's, like, it's like they shine. Well, that's actually a, Bible, that's a scripture. They'll shine like stars in the firmament. I know people that are dull. They say they love God, but there's a dullness about their spirit. They're dull in their walk. They're dull in their joy. You say, who is that? I'm not telling you. And and by the way, we all have dull moments. Verse 28, and having come, the angel said, rejoice as the NIV highly favored one, the Lord is with you. How to have favor with God. We're talking about seeing the God of the impossible put on display in your life. Number one, you gotta have favor. How do you have favor? How do you get favor? How 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 do you have favor with God? Walk with him. Talk with him. Spend time with him. Spend time in his presence. Spend time in his word. Put your flesh down. Live in his presence. Know God personally as as Savior. Know him as Savior. If you don't know him as Savior, you you ain't gonna have any favor. If he ain't your Savior, you ain't got no favor. That's the first step. You have to make Him your Savior. You've got to believe on the Lord. You want to walk in favor, the favor of God? Then you have to repent of your sin. You have to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Until you do that, ain't no favor for you. Ain't no victory. James 4, 8, the great invitation, draw near to God and He will draw near to you. Think about that. That if you, when you begin to draw near to God, he instantly comes running. The problem is sometimes we don't draw near to him. The problem is we get overwhelmed with things at times in the midst of the fray, the battle, and we don't draw near to God. And then we wonder why, you know, why it's so difficult or so painful. Even in, with walking in the favor of God, even with him you can go through difficult, painful things, but the key is going through it. you got to stay filled with the Holy Spirit. Look at verse 38. Talking about how to put God's power on display. How to make the God of the impossible revealed in your life and in the community, in your family. How to make the God of the impossible revealed. Number one, find favor with God, right? Number two, surrender to his will. I said surrender to his will. I remember years ago, we were looking at moving to Kauai. And there was a little, bit of a, a little bit of a hitch that took place that made me question whether actually it was the will of the Lord. And as I wrestled with that, I remember talking to Dr. Morocco about my concern. And I'll never forget what he said. He said, Daniel, all we want is God's will. That's all. So if it's not God's will, then we're not going to do it. So just keep praying. That's all right. We'll see. If it's God's will, he'll show us, and we'll move forward, and it'll be fine. I went, hmm, okay. I was like, I became a 30-second counsel guy. You know what a 30-second counsel guy is? If I ever needed help, I ever needed wisdom, I'd show up at morning prayer because Dr. Morocco was going to be there, and then I would say, excuse me, pastor, do you have a moment? He'd say, well, sure, Daniel, what's going on? And I'd tell him, here's the problem. Here's my situation. One, two, three, four, five. Can you pray for me, and do you have any wisdom? Yes, let me pray for you. And you might consider this. You might consider this. You might consider this. I would, he would then pray for me. The Holy Spirit would touch me. I'd leave and I would do one, two, three. Exactly what he told me. And can I just tell you something? Victory every single time money, relationships, finances. I I mean, on and on and on. Victory, 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 victory on the job, victory in marriage, victory, victory over and over, victory in ministry over and over and over and over. And so even now with him all the miles away, if I just need a touch from God, I can call him. If I get to a place of discouragement where I can't quite break through, which happens very rarely, but when it does happen, I'll call him. I'll say, man, I, I don't know. I just need God to touch me. I'm struggling, can't quite break out. He'll say, shu ta ta He prays for me. I lift my hand. It doesn't matter where I am. Fire. And the whole thing breaks off me. like, whoa, hey, thanks, Doc. He's like, you're welcome, Daniel. I'm like, all right, we'll see you later. You've got to position yourself for breakthrough. I think, you know, everybody needs a pastor. Did you know that? Everyone. And you got to surrender to God's will. That's all we're doing here. You know, I had some thoughts recently as I was walking through the building and just believing God and walking through this moment of like, I wish we were in the building right now. Like God, you know, it's taken a little while. The truth is, I wish we had the building 13 years ago. And I wish we were at the place we're at now 13 years ago, but it took us 13 years to get where we're at. It took us five or six years to get healed. Obviously, you guys weren't here back then. So then after that, you know, we began to grow. That's when most of you came in. Some of you know what I'm talking about. It took some healing to take place, and God had to reestablish and build a foundation, and there's a lot of wonderful things that had taken place, and there's some things that were not so wonderful. All right, I'm going to encourage myself. Amen, Pastor. So, you know, we, we want things immediately, but, you know, God's will, God's outside of time. I was talking to Pastor uh, just Wednesday when he was here, had the privilege of picking up at the airport and, uh, and um, dropping him off. He said to me, how come you're picking me up? How come, how come you don't have one of your, I said, are you kidding? I'm picking you up because you're my pastor and I ain't delegating that job. I get to do it. He's like, oh, okay, okay. Sorry, no offense. I needed to spend time with him and talk with him. and We were talking about how the sovereignty of God and the free will of man and doing God's will. And I remember what he said in sermons many years ago that he, when he was a younger man, he yielded more towards the, the, the free will of man. You know what that means? Free, it's the age-old argument of the free will of man and the sovereignty of God. And the free will, free will. you have a free will. So you have to. You had to choose to to wake up from your nap and have a cup of coffee, whatever you did, and get in your car, get in your truck, and drive down here to get here by 6 o'clock and have another coffee at that incredible cafe, and then come in, and you had to choose to open your mouth, you had to choose to lift your hand, doing amazing worship, so enjoyed it. It was a choice for you to be, or it's a choice for you to be online. It's a choice for you to be paying attention, or some of you Snapchatting some of your relatives right now, or your boyfriend, or your girlfriend, or whatever you're doing, you have no idea what I'm saying. But you're paying attention now that I said Snapchat. So you're choosing to choose. You have to choose to choose to do. You have to choose to. You have to will to do God's will. You have to choose to do God's will. But then he said, you know, as I've gotten older, I see the sovereignty of God in such an amazing way. He was talking about when he was born to two tongue-talking midwives. And there was a problem in his birth. And these, these midwives, in Calcutta, India, two spirit-filled midwives show up and help his mother birth James Morocco into the earth. And then there was a point in his childhood where he got rheumatic fever and measles all at the same time, and he was dying. And so they gathered around his crib and began to sing. Faith, mighty faith that, you know, that laughs at the mountains and turns impossibilities. possibilities and how God healed him. I mean, what is a little baby gonna do? Is, is a little baby choosing God's will right there? A little child, can't even feed himself. Can't clothe himself. Need somebody to change their shorts. And the sovereignty of God and probably the faith of others also. I've found myself and I've found us as a church in a river of God's power and presence and his will just moving us along as we, in our weakness, just continue to say yes. You want to see the miraculous put on display. you got to receive Jesus. you got to get filled with the Holy Ghost. You have to find favor with God. Guess what we have? We have favor with God. That's not promised to a lifetime. You have to maintain that. I think favor with God. Joseph had favor. Everywhere he went, Joseph in the book of Genesis had favor. And God was with him, and God was with him, and God was with him. God was with him in the pit. God was with him in Potiphar's house. God was with him in prison. God was with him when he became second in command of the strongest nation on the earth. God was with him. God was with him. God was with him. You know how you have favor? God's with you. God ain't with you. No favor. And if he ain't your savior... You didn't have no favor. Surrender to God's will. You know, she could have said no. Mary could have said no. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine saying no to Gabriel? No! I I just don't think that would happen. But I mean, she could have said no. You know, some of you have said no. Tap your neighbor and say, he's not talking about me. Is he talking about you? Yeah, Yeah, some of you. You could say no. we often forget that, that we have a will and God has a will. The person next to you has a will. So if we're to see the manifestation of God's power in our community, there has to be a yes in your spirit. You have to be willing to say yes and, and step up. I, I'm, I'm gonna be transparent with you. Um, I don't, somebody said, you're a public speaker. And I'm like, no, I'm not. And they're like, well, yeah, you are. I'm like, oh, okay, I guess so. I I, I don't see myself as a public speaker. But I guess I am, because I mean, I'm speaking in public. I'm a pastor, I'm a preacher, I I, I speak a lot. I I mean, I'm 17 times today, at least it felt like it. (laughs) And I got invited to be a public speaker, to be a guest speaker at a business conference. It's all business people. There's one pastor, me. And so let me just, now I know you'd be like, oh, sign me up. But for me, I'm just thinking, how do I, how do I do that? Because I'm like, Rakata shata. lift your hand. I, that's why well, I want to have a business conference. I'm like, does anybody know what I'm talking about? So let me like, I'm like, no, no, wait, no. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a preacher of God's word. So I'm a, I mean, I'm, I'm a preacher of God's word. So you invited me like, you're inviting me to preach God's word, right? Right. Are you sure? You know, because, I mean, you might not know what you're signing up for. But they've been here. They've, they've heard the messages. And, they, and, and what did they say? They said, yeah, we want you to preach on fearless, fearless ethics. I thought, I can do that. And then I started thinking, gosh, that's sort of an awkward scenario. Being with a bunch of business people and preaching on fearless ethics, wired up the way that I am. So my mind is like, I don't think I want to do that. But I've already told the Lord. I've already told him, yes. And so I will do whatever God requires of me. So I pray, is it the Lord? And it is the Lord. So in my mind, I'm thinking, how does that work? Nevertheless, yes, God, yes, I will do it. I don't understand it. You're just going to have to help me, you know. And if I cause running across all the desk and slapping everybody with oil and they never call me back, you just make sure you're not in the flesh. If you're in the flesh and you're doing that, then you've really been an idiot. You know what I've found is some of the crazy things that I've done, you know, like Smith Wigglesworth, you know, they, he kicked a baby across the room. Did you know that? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, you thought I was crazy. This guy was crazy. Not me. I, I ain't crazy. Smith's Wiggles were drop kicked a baby okay, that had cancer or something that was dying across the room and the baby landed on the other side of the room was totally healed. Don't, don't try that. Yeah, don't. Everybody say, don't do that. All right, yeah. You totally go to jail and, and don't do that. And I suppose he could have gone to jail too except for the fact that the baby was miraculously healed and no harm. There have been people that have tried to walk in a, in, a, in a supernatural favor, walk in the power of God, but it's not. Listen, you've got to function in your own unction. Man, I'm off my own notes now. You have to function in the unction that God gave you. The anointing that's upon your life is not the one that's on mine. What's on me is not on you. You have your own flow. You've got your own anointing. You have your own unction from God. And you've got to function in that. You're the most anointed you that there is. And you're uniquely made by God. Your fingerprints are different than everybody else See you're iris, you're different we're all, you're, we're all different we're unique. I was going to say something about snowflakes. Well, there's no one snowflake that's the same. Who, do you remember do you remember it was like, oh gosh, it had to be ten years ago. We had churches started the snow, and I Went to IHOP, it had just opened. Is that like 10 years ago? Something like that. I haven't been back since. Anyway, (laughs) it's snowing, and I will never forget looking on my jacket, and every snowflake was a Star of David. Has anybody ever seen that before? And I I looked and I thought, that's a Star of David. I took a picture, I have it, it was with like an iPhone 1, so (laughs) it's just blurry. (laughs) But we remember that. got to function in your own... you got to function in your own unction because we're unique. And I have done some radical things before, but let me, t- let me just tell you, for those of you that want to... I was going to say, for those of you who want to kick babies, if you want to kick babies, you need to be delivered. Amen? That's violent. It's wrong. You should never do that. Come on, somebody say hallelujah. hallelujah. When somebody say, I want to be radical for God. And unlike... A life group leader of a long time ago it was pastoring in Kula, and we would invite people up to get prayer. and I'm, I'm in the I'm in the pulpit, and we basically close in prayer. and Life group leaders come. He's he's not a part of this church anymore up here, he, anyway. In Alaska, he's still a part of the church somewhere else, though. <laughs> anyway, maybe we should delete this one too. Huh? <laughs> okay, I won't tell you his name. Okay, so. <laughs> So, you know, people are getting prayed for. And there was this one guy, this one guy that I personally drove to pick up to bring to church 20 to 30 times, personally. Constantly going back into drugs, constantly going, constantly problems in his marriage. Couldn't serve God. Just wouldn't serve God. For whatever reason, he just couldn't do it. And so here he is, and uh, let's call him Bubba. That's not his name. But Bubba comes up to the front to get prayer. And he's up at the front to get prayer. And then one of the life group leaders comes to lay hands on him and pray for him. And the life group leader had also been exhausting himself trying to help Bubba serve the Lord. I don't do this anymore. It's called arm-twisting uh, uh, discipleship. I, I don't, if you don't want to serve God, then you're in the prayer tank. And we'll pray for you. And I, I don't waste my time trying to twist somebody's arm to convince them that it's good. I'm going to preach. I'm going to pray. I'm going to prophesy. I'm going to pray for you. You're not going to serve God. We'll send out somebody in, on a dark and a cloudy day as the good shepherd and encourage you to come back. And eventually, if you want to go back like a dog to your own vomit, go right ahead. Anyway, he showed up in church for which we were happy. And there he is with his hands raised. He's kind of a slight, thin guy. And then my life group leader comes over to him, and as God is my witness, this is what happened. He comes over, he starts praying for him. He's praying for Bubba, he's praying. And my life group leader looks this way, and he looks this way. He's like, God, touch him, touch him, touch him. Now, I'm behind him, so my life group leader doesn't see that I'm looking right at him. And he's like, shaka, ta Wham! I mean, the guy punched his spine. I'm talking, punched the back of his spine through his stomach, and Bubba buckled over with a string of curses coming out of his mouth that that would have it would have made a sailor blush. What the and he hit the ground and he's buckled over on the ground. Now at that point, I'm in full flying off the off the altar area, and I said to my leader, "What are you doing?" He's like, I don't know. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry, Pastor. I'm sorry. I said, we well, gotta get out of here. And so I just went and I laid hands. I said, Are you okay? And he's like, Pastor, he hit me. He hit me. I said, I know. I know. I saw. I'm so sorry. Why did he hit me, Pastor? Why did he hit me? I'm thinking. Well, I've wanted to hit you a couple times myself. <laughs> I didn't say that. I didn't say that. I wanted to say that. And this might be true. In moments of the flesh, I wanted to minister to him in a special way he hit me. I said, I don't know. I don't know. Let me, come on. Come on. And I picked him up and I walked in the back and I counseled him and I said, I don't know. It's going to be okay. Are you okay? Yes, but he hurt me. I said, okay, let me pray for you. I prayed for him and sent him on his way and we didn't see him for quite a long time. <laughs> I think he felt led to go to another church after that. <laughs> Imagine that. Now in talking with the guy that punched his spine, I said, dude, what in God's name are you thinking we've taught you differently? Who, wh- what are you thinking? He's like, I'm just, I, I just doing this thing. I'm reading this book. It's called the Wigglesworth Method. It's an actual, it's an actual book. <laughs> and I've been getting up at three in the morning, and I've been praying in tongues for like three hours. And 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 and, and, and he had so many miracles. And I thought I'm just gonna hit him because nothing else has worked. We have a better training process now, Pastor Kirsten. Amen. We have a better training process now. I just hit him because, and he's got tears. I hit him. Nothing else worked, Pastor. I was like, that's true. He's trying to function in somebody else's anointing. Can I tell you something? If I got up at three in the morning to, to, to function like Wigglesworth, I would just be crippled, dude. I'd just be messed up. You've got to go to the own rhythm and the pace of the Spirit of God as He leads you. you, got, you, you, you come on, and in doing that, you'll see God's power put on display. you want got to find your rhythm. you got to find the way that which God works through you to do His will. I have done some abrupt things. But let me just tell you that it wasn't a thought process like, okay, now I'm going to do this off-the-wall thing. In actual fact, what happens is I already did it, and then I look back on it after God's broken through and gone, whoa, let's not do that again, maybe, you know. Years ago, I was preaching at a church in California, and there was this family who was up front, And I've told the story a number of times, but this is one of those moments. The family up front, there was getting prayer, father, mother, two kids. And then behind them was this teenager who was glaring at me and glaring at his family. I'm thinking, what's up with him? Anyway, what do you want Jesus to do for you? We need prayer. It's just a lot of trouble in our family. What's going on? Um, Our son, he's behind us right now. I look and he's like, like all John Wick, you know what I mean? Like, (laughs) so, so I I look and I'm like, well, what's the problem? Uh, He he beats his mother. I thought, what? I'm gonna come back for you all later. So I went down the line and prayed for everybody. I came back to this family and I, I started sort of counseling and praying while I'm doing that. This John Wick Jr. comes over and hits his mother. He walks, walks by and just goes, wham! When he, I don't know what happened, Pastor Kirsten. I can't tell you, my response was not very pastoral. He had the, I'll never forget the cute little Ralph Lauren jacket he had on. I remember because when I lifted him up, I was looking at the little red Ralph Lauren. With his feet dangling, and I said, "If you ever do that again, I'm gonna beat you within the inch of your life." Do you understand? <laughs> I, understand. I understand. I understand. I said, "Okay, you're gonna sit down and you're not gonna move." Do you understand? I understand. Yeah, Just crying, peed himself. It was terrible. <laughs> Put him in a seat, and John Wick Jr. got divested of all of his violence. I would not suggest that you hit your mother. If you hit your mother, Pastor Curson's gonna do the same thing to you. I've got a couple chicken stories myself. Remind me to share those with you. Come on, lift your hands to Jesus. I'm rattling on stories. The stories of a rambling 53-year-old pastor. (laughs) Come on, ask God to use you to do the impossible. Use us to do the impossible. Got to allow the Holy Spirit to fill you. You got to be filled with the Holy Ghost. What do you mean? Well, Reinhard Bunky is going to be with Jesus. In every interview, in all of his preaching, you will hear this German man and his German accent talk about how God used him in the end of his life to reach 77 million souls for Christ. How does that happen? And he would tell you this. You preach God's word by the power of the Holy Ghost with signs and wonders. If there has ever been a need for a move of God in our nation, in our state, in our community, it is now. And the move of God comes through people who were bold and filled with zeal and empowered by the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. And God will use us. He will use us. Pastor Vince said to me with all the exuberance and zeal that he had, which is quite a bit, right after worship, he said, he's telling me, we gotta get out of here. We gotta just set this up out there somewhere. If we could just bring our worship team and just have church and invite people, just blow the place up, it rip a hole in the community. I mean, it it was really like a word from the Lord. I said, we are out there. He said, no, 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 like this. It's so important to reach people. With the power of God. Gotta be encouraged with what God has done through other people. He can do through you. Verse 38. Verse 36, pardon me now. Indeed, Elizabeth, your relative is also conceived in her old age. It's a six month. Why why would God why would the angel say that? Because what God did there was also impossible. She was barren, but she's barren no more. So what God did through somebody else's impossibility when it comes to pass, and encourages us that He can do it again. And for her, receiving a word from the angel that Elizabeth is now pregnant, this woman who was old, and Zechariah even older. And they had a baby. Maybe God, according to your will, may be done unto me. That's what she said. If he did it before, he can do it again. If he did it other places, he can do it here. If he did it at other times, Minister David, he can do it now. There is such, come here, son. There is a a battle against the youth that is far bigger and broader than any of us realize. And you have been positioned literally in, in, in a position holding Two different ministries. In Jeremiah, there's this, I, I, I'm, a, I'm gonna not paraphrase this so well because it's been a while since I've read it, but Jeremiah's these two congregations and God brings peace. The Lord is bringing peace to doing media and youth. He's you like, Lord, I, I, I can't do it. Yeah, no one person could. The Lord is calling people to be a part of the media team and He's calling people to be involved in the youth ministry. And it's going to be people that, that hold up your hands and empower you. The Lord's will is to see a great revival hit every single high school in this place. The Lord's will is to touch every single homeschooler. God's will, God's plan is to pour out His Spirit on this generation. Because He knows, and we know, without that, the church will not exist in this region. We must have a move of God in the youth. So the Lord says, to set aside some time. You're like, yeah, really, how am I going to do that? He's going to show you. And in the month of January, A series of visitations are coming to you. For the battle over this generation rages white hot. But I am with you, says the Lord. And through visitation of my power, my spirit, even angelic visitation, you will have strength to run. And your heart won't fail and, and your physical strength will be encouraged. And I'm going to give you messages from the throne to pierce the heart of the most distracted Instagramming, Snapchatting, Facebooking, distracted, hurting, broken youth of the whole bunch. And through the piercing of my word, as it comes forth sharper than any two-edged sword, I'm going to cause life to enter into each and every one of these. And you will find before you not an army of bones lying on dead, dry ground, but an exceedingly vast army. I'm building an army. By the time you hit spring break, you'll be in full stride. And I'm going to cause the gift of the evangelists to come upon different ones. I'm going to cause the gift of prophecy to flow from different ones. And the worship team is going to arise. And I'm going to bring these together. Because the hour is now. And I've chosen you. There were others that went before you. But now this baton is in your hand. And the Lord says, son, run like Elijah. Run like Elijah. Let your fire come. Heal his body completely and give him the administrative anointing of how to do all of these things, this media and the youth and life groups and worship. Oh, lift your hands to Jesus. Burden has a brother. Burden and vision. The brother of burden and vision is prayer. Everything you see has come through prayer. It doesn't just happen because you showed up and combed your hair or you came to church. No, it happens when we contend for the miracle power of God. Prayer. Prayer. With God, nothing's impossible. Unless, of course, you're not connected to Him. Come on, believe, won't you? Just for a moment. Will you believe? Believe that God will do through you amazing things during these holidays. This last month of 2019. We are going to 2020. Is that not incredible? Wow. Stand up on your feet all across this place. You can do it. You're the most anointed you there is those online those here lift your hands and let the holy spirit just come upon you overshadow you let him touch you this is my year 2020 is going to be the greatest year i personally have ever had in all my life more resources, more favor, more blessing. I'm going to write some books in 2020. Hallelujah. Going to do what God's called. How about you? What are you saying over 2020? Come on. You make some declarations. Get out of your seat. Come to the front and make some declarations for 2020. We'll close that way. Come on. What is God going to do in 2020? What's He going to do? Come on. Declare this is the greatest year of your life. Hmm. Hey. We declare it. Come on, but just, just begin to tell him. I declare this is the greatest year of my life. I declare more favor in my life. I'll know you more. I'll grow in the wisdom and knowledge of God. I thank you, Lord, for a spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you. Thank you, Lord, for favor. Favor with man. Favor with God. Thank you that you called to us to do the impossible. Thank you. Our building will be completed in 2020. Hallelujah. Thank you that we'll move in. Thank you, Lord, for a school. Thank you for the King's School of Ministry. Thank you for the favor of God. Come on, begin to declare it. Come on, declare God's favor. Come on, fill in the front. Right here, come all the way in. Come in, come in, come in, come in. Get a little closer, We make some room. Come on, talk to Him. Yes! favor that house that house that house that house come on some of you gonna get a house this this next year declare it pray it decree it Your your will God your will being done our families in our teams in our life groups in our marriages we want to walk with you in intimacy.